0: Hello and welcome to the Flogcast Network. This is your commissioner speaking, Scott Benzing. Here today to go over the Week 11 matchups in the Flog, talk about some NFL games, uh, some what some of the fantasy players did, and here today helping me with that is two-time Flog champion himself, Mr. Jacob McKinley. How are you doing today, Jake?
1: Hey, good, Comish. Doing well. I'm just
0: chilling. I'm glad to join you. Yep, and you are actually in a tight matchup this week with the Coon squad. Um, Going into the week, uh, TC and I both predicted you to win, but uh, Connor, kind of starting to sneak up on you a little bit. Both of you guys have some players left to go tonight, but um, how are you feeling uh, getting here towards the end of week 11 in the flog season? Uh, Just about your team in general and where you stand.
1: Yeah, um... Well, to be honest, this weekend was actually pretty nice for me. It was pretty relaxing. You know, my spot in the loser's bracket is pretty much already solidified. Um, Don't really have much of a real chance of making the playoffs at this point anymore. So this week, I really didn't have much of a preference on my outcome. Obviously, we want to win them all, but this week is kind of a throwaway for me. I'm just gearing up for the, the loser's bracket, trying not to lose the toilet bowl. Um, yeah, it wasn't nice seeing John Brown drop a 30, 30, deuce on me. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo throwing 400 and 400 yards and four touchdowns, dropping 30 on me. But, you know, James Conner was hurt. Marlon Mack was start starting off real hot. And then he also got hurt. Mohamed Sanu pooped himself last night. So, um... Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I think my team is okay, at least in terms of not losing the toilet bowl, but um, yeah, it hasn't been a great season for me, so.
0: Yeah, I understand that. I was in your shoes last season where everybody was fighting for playoff spot the last three weeks of the regular season or so, and I was just sitting there with a couple wins knowing I was in the toilet bowl, but wanting to have at least a... A decent chance of not losing at all. Um, we all know who lost that toilet, toilet bowl last year. The uh, the person who doesn't want to get on here and do the podcast anymore. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Ruff is in the middle. Uh, basketball season starting up, so he's just got a lot of things going on. Um, he'll be on when he can. But... Yeah,
1: I mean, if I was Ruff too, I probably wouldn't wouldn't want to be showing my face around in these parts either. With that with that
0: record and that squad, so. Yep, but crazy things can happen in the Toilet Bowl playoffs and the Flog playoffs. Um, and speaking of Flog playoffs, your opponent this week, uh, the Coon Squad is fighting for one of those spots. Um, right now, the score is 136 for the Coon Squad, 113.8 for yourself. Uh, Connor's sitting at 4-6. and six. Uh, He still has Austin Eckler to go tonight, and you still have Melvin Gordon, and Michael Badgley. Uh, do you think Connor's going to be able to eke this one out, or do you think you're going to get a big game from Melvin and the kicker there to pull off the upset?
1: Yeah, I mean, my gut is is telling me that, that the Coon squad is going to sneak by me, but, you, you know, you just never know with Melvin and Austin Eckler. You know, it, 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 a lot of it depends on the game script. How How is the game going? Um, you know, I could see Kansas City going up. Um, 14 to 21 points in the first half relatively quickly and at that point it's going to be Austin Eckler's game they're going to be throwing the ball a lot um Austin Eckler out of the backfield is going to get probably going to get a ton of catches so the only chance I really have is if Melvin just goes nuts has two 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 or three touchdowns um you know, and Melvin has been hot recently, which has been good to see. But, um, you know, I, I do think Coon Squad is going to is going to probably pull this one out tonight.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. He got a nice little cushion. Uh, you mentioned the big games from Jimmy Garoppolo and John Brown Um So part of the reason that Connor's team is a little bit more shored up and we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and not another guy who's been a fixture is he and I made a trade um, at the 11th hour this past week, right before the trade deadline, Uh, Connor sending over Patrick Mahomes and I sent over John Brown, who had a huge game for him, Austin Eckler and some draft compensation. Uh, What are your thoughts on that trade for both teams there?
1: Yeah, a uh, little bonkers. I mean, just you know, I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I knew you were kind of searching for a quarterback. Um, you know, I, I think it's an exciting trade for both both teams. Um, gives Connor a little bit more depth uh, on around his whole lineup, um, and it throws you a triple stack on the on the Kansas City Chiefs. You know the. You got the big three with Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey now with the Chiefs. So, you know, same as um, TC squad, the the Savage Patch Kids who relies on the Saints with Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara. You go as the Chiefs go. And if there's one offense you want three guys from, it's definitely the Chiefs. But um, it could come back to bite you, you know. Mahomes has a bad game and, and – Tyreek and Kelsey don't get involved all that much and that could hurt you but it was a splash trade and um, I, I kind of like it on on uh, for both parties
0: yeah I have to agree I was definitely with Matt Stafford he might not even play again this year his status is really questionable after being super solid uh, in my QB2 spot all year so I needed somebody that was going to be good um, and I've always had my eye on Mahomes. Every couple months, I'd check in with Connor, seeing if he wanted to make a deal. Um, and he basically said, I went to him on the trade deadline day, said, "Hey, what's it going to take for me to get Mahomes?" And he said, "I need him to not lose the super, or to not lose the uh, the toilet bowl playoffs." And I said, "Well, I'll give you two guys that are consistent and can plug into your lineup, and that was John Brown." who I talked about a little bit. He and Michael Thomas were the only two receivers in the NFL this year that had had at least four catches and 50 yards receiving in every game. So John Brown, not nearly the fantasy producer that Michael Thomas is by any means, but he has been consistent and Connors really lacked that wide receiver consistency. And then Austin Eckler. I mean, he's been a stud um, even with Melvin there. He's still been able to produce and stay inside the top five for fantasy running back. So I, I agree. I think it was a good deal on both ends. Um, really shores up my team going into the flog playoffs, and Connor's got two guys that he can put in his lineup and know we're going to get him consistent points every week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And The you know the solid draft compensation certainly kind of put it over the edge and, and definitely made it more of an even trade. Um, but yeah, John Brown, man, um, he's been one of the surprises of the year. Great sign by Buffalo in the offseason, along with you know, I think they signed what Cole Beasley as well, but John Brown has just been, you know, killing it, um, and that's what you want to see, especially you know, first year with a quarterback, and him and um, him and old boy seem to have a Josh Allen seem to have a good good rapport built there. So, John Brown's someone to take the top off off of defense, and you know, get those those big massive catches for touchdowns, and that's what you saw all this week against Miami, which. Kind of put me in my coffin but you know that's
0: how it goes yep and just looking down connor's lineup this week uh we talked about the homes trade he also dealt kyler murray last week um we talked a little bit about that tc and i did on tc thursday um so he was rolling with jimmy garoppolo big game for him 33.5 fantasy points against the cardinals Tom Brady not doing a whole lot against the Eagles uh 8.5 fantasy points no touchdowns just 216 yards passing um he did get a pretty decent day out of Ezekiel Elliott not a lot of yards but had a couple touchdowns there getting him 18.3 so I know Connor likes to see that yeah Um, the one
1: the one thing for me sorry to interrupt but the one the one thing for me with Zeke man I was watching that game and, and uh Tony Pollard got a lot more uh, run and a lot more touches than I uh, kind of expected. So I don't know if they're just trying to even out the the balance of those carries or what exactly. But you know, it's late in the season. Nobody's one hundred percent healthy, so I can see why they want to take a little bit of load off of Zeke's plate um, as we come into the you know the final half of the season here.
0: Yeah, and it might be something where Tony Pollard's kind of shown that he can be a little bit more of a change of pace back. Um, He's getting involved in the passing game and maybe something that they just want to keep Zeke 100 percent going into what they assume is going to be a playoff run for their team this year, sitting at the top of the NFC East. So um, I don't expect Zeke to split 50 50 carries with tony pollard but they're probably just trying to keep him fresh so he doesn't break down like todd Gurley did last year in the playoffs right right but then we get to connor's wide receiver group uh something that's been kind of um a sore spot in his lineup all year and it didn't didn't do a whole lot this week um he had three wide receivers alan robinson larry fitzgerald and curtis samuel uh not a lot going on there. What are your thoughts on his wide receivers and then his tight ends? I, I say tight ends because he had T.J. Hawkinson in his tight end slot and then also threw in Greg Olson in his flex.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, that's the weakest part of Connor's team. Um, you know, once he got rid of Cooper Cup, that you know that that definitely hurt him in the receiving end of things. Um, you know, Allen Robinson, man, it's like. He's a tough one to, to, you know, to put the nail on because it's just he'll have monster games and he, he kind of looks dominant out there and he can he can beat a number one corner. But it's also who's throwing him the ball. And, and you know, personally, I, you know, I don't believe in Mitch Trubisky. Obviously, Mr. Kuhn himself does. But, uh, you know, you have to have a quarterback that can get him the ball. It um, doesn't matter how open he is if they can't throw him the ball. So, you know, Robinson, only 3.5 points. Obviously, I'm sure Kuhn is disappointed in that. Larry Fitz, man, I just, I don't have a bad word to say about Larry. Um, I, I think he's steady. Um, Cardinals offense, I think, is a great fit for him. He still looks, he still looks young. He looks like he's having fun out there. I, I think he's going to come back next year, maybe even the year after. Um, keep doing what he's doing, you know, but uh, Christian Kirk, definitely has been taking taking some away in that offense as well but um, Larry I think is will be all right you know he's he got two or 10.2 points uh, this week Um, but yeah he's just a steady guy so uh, I'm all right with Larry Curtis Samuel again I'm kind of uh, you know I'm on the fence on as well just that whole Carolina offense you know you you never know I'm true I'm not a believer in Kyle Allen quite yet I'm I'm gonna need to see a little bit more from that quarterback, um, but Curtis Samuel, you know he's young, he has potential, um, can have some good games, but you know it's just it's one of those inconsistencies. Four point five points is not going to do it, but you know he obviously enough to, to get past me most likely this week. But and then then the tight ends, and that's uh that's a tough one. Hawkinson, man, he looked good at the beginning of the year, but he has kind of fallen off pretty hard. And Greg Olson, man, that dude is that dude's old, but He's he's a little more steady than than Hawkinson, just because I think he gets a little bit more targets and a little bit more looks every week. Um, And he he can still get open. He's not the quickest guy in the world, but he's that crafty vet that knows how to get get open. So it's just, you know, it's not anything that anybody would be scared of. And and I think if he made the if he made the playoffs, he'd probably be out pretty quickly. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he Connor has set himself up for the future as well. He's traded away some good players. But he's got some draft picks coming back for him next year and the year after. So he is where he is where he is, and there's, there's really nothing he can do to improve a whole lot at this point in terms of receiving assets. Um, you just got to kind of pray and hope for the best.
0: Yeah, he, I, I agree with all of your analysis on his receivers. Um, Allen Robinson's very up and down. He did have Jalen Ramsey covering him this week, which is not a great matchup hmm. for anybody. Yeah, Uh, Larry Fitz has been pretty consistent, getting catches. He did sneak into the end zone this week, so boosted up his fantasy line. Curtis Samuel is playing second fiddle to DJ Moore in Carolina, who's really taken over that number one spot, Um, getting a lot more volume. Um, TJ Hawkinson, man, this is a guy who first game of the season came out, put up, um, what was it, 22.1 fantasy points, had 131 yards receiving and a touchdown thought he was going to be the next big thing at tight end. And since then he has had one game over 10 points. Um, And that was a three catch 27 yard performance that also included a touchdown that put him at 10.2. Everything else has been less than eight fantasy points with over half of his games being under five fantasy points. so
1: that's not ideal.
0: Very up and down. Uh, Greg Olson, don't hate that. He's going to get a lot of targets, especially with a young QB. He's kind of that safety valve guy, sure-handed. So I don't mind that. One thing with Connors receivers, I will say, is that he does have a lot of guys out. Alshon Jeffrey, injured, out this week. Will Fuller still hasn't made it back yet. TY Hilton who he traded for has been out for the last few games so uh and then DK Metcalf was on a buy this week so his receiver core was a little bit lighter than it has been in the past um I think John Brown helps that moving forward though yep. so we'll yeah. see how he performs uh over the next couple weeks um the last game of the season next week and then into the playoffs switching over to your team um you made a move Delta away um Russell Wilson and got back Jared Goff in return how are you liking that trade right now I mean
1: obviously I, I, I don't like it and, and Goff really wasn't a target by any means it was more of um, who's he gonna give me it was more of getting a draft pick back for him um, I knew my season was you know if I was in the playoffs or if I had a better chance of making the playoffs I would have held on to Russell all day long but I needed to get something in return for the number one fantasy quarterback um, so a draft pick next year and a draft pick the year after that and Jared Goff was a throw-in obviously Goff is going to be riding my bench the rest of the way out I have Aaron Rodgers on bye this week and Derek Carr man he actually looked like kind of like a stud um, for most of the game um, last yesterday but against I guess it was against Cincinnati's defense so not not a great um test there um so yeah obviously I don't love that and Jared Goff could honestly you might be uh dropped here sometime as well um but yeah I'm not feeling great about that by any means it was more about getting the draft picks back but yeah my my trades haven't haven't worked out um so far
0: Well, you can't. If you're trading for draft picks, I mean, they're not going to look great at the time being. It's all about how you turn that into your team for the following seasons. Um, Derek Carr has been really solid. Three of the last four games putting up over 20 fantasy points. Uh, Seems like things are starting to click there with John Gruden and that offense in Oakland. So. Um, An offense that you rely heavily on. Uh, We'll move down to your, you have Josh Jacobs uh, in as your number one running back. He looks like an absolute stud. Um, Been putting up a lot of yards, getting a lot of work in the offense. I know he is PFF's number one graded running back on the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of good things from Josh Jacobs and appears to be your number one keeper going into Uh, next season how are you liking Josh Jacobs pickup this year yeah for sure
1: I mean he's kind of the savior of my season to be honest he's he's what I look forward to next year Um, the the one downside with Jacobs is man I've seen him get a decent amount of goal line carries and he just has not converted those carries um, to touchdowns and whether that's offensive line issue whether that's a Him trying to press the issue and just kind of hit the hole too hard and not finding, you know, the correct lane. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but um, Jacobs has looked nice for sure. Uh, It's, you know, he's definitely the guy who was on the no trade list. Um, for for my roster, so I, I was pretty much open to dealing anybody else besides Josh Jacobs because he is for sure my number one keeper for next year.
0: Yeah, he's he's young. He looks good running the ball, and I think that he's going to be a fantasy producer for the next few seasons. Uh, moving on to your wide receivers, somebody that coming into the season was pretty much a no-name player. I don't think he was drafted in our league. Um, but has really come on strong, especially the last few weeks. And that's Jamison Crowder. Um, He's getting a lot of looks from Sam Darnold. Seems to be that number one wide receiver over the past three weeks, putting up 16 fantasy points or more in each contest. um, Been really kind of a surprise for you there. uh, And has really been your number one wide receiver over the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on your wide receiver group this week? Julio, no touchdown again, had six catches for 91 yards. And Mohamed Sanu, you talked about him being a little bit of a stinker. Um, we'll throw in Darren Waller in that conversation, too, who's been pretty good fantasy tight end this year, five catches for 78 yards. Um, were you, outside of Sanu, were you okay with what they did, or were you expecting more out of these guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously Julio, man, it's like – I was talking about this the other day. He, he's always rated as a top three fantasy wide receiver coming into the season, man. But, and and I can't be all that disappointed because he's always in the top ten. But he's he's never in that top three that I need him to be, and it's always because of lack of touchdowns. He started off this year with like I don't four, know, and three four, four in the first three games. Yep, and then hasn't scored since, and it's just another year, same story for Julio. He gets some yards, you know, he gets, does his work inside the twenties, but when it comes to the red zone, it's Calvin Ridley, it's Austin Hooper. It's never Julio getting those touchdowns. And, and, you know, I'm sure defenses are keen on him trying to double team and, and shade over his way. But man, we, I I just need a little bit more from Julio. It's, um, he's just one guy I'm going to keep, but I don't, I don't like it, you know, it's, it's just, he has it's, it's been a little bit disappointing and it's hard to say because he has been, you know, relatively steady, but not where I expect Mr. Julio Jones, one of the best receivers to be. Um, yeah. But Jameson Crowder, you know, doing what he does. Once I saw him week one with Sam Darnold, um, you know, Sam Darnold being out with mono the, the next, whatever, four or five weeks, really put a damper on jameson but i I held on to him just you know just from the week one performance and 18 targets 17 targets i believe um yeah he's he's shown out and so that's been nice to have somebody that you know i just claimed off the off the waiver wire after week one and he's been pretty steady for me here coming into the the playoffs so Sanu, you know Sanu. I thought I'd get a little bit more out of too. You know, just with the last week having a lot of targets. You know, I think he got hurt sometime in this Philadelphia game, but um, he's not a guy that I can rely on at this point. And then there's Darren Waller. You know, he has done well for for not having having much uh, much hype, I guess, coming into the season. I guess he did have a little bit after uh, the HBO show, but. Um, Waller's been steady. Um, i just, you know, I really need to get Kittle back in there as well. He, you know, I would like to see him healthy. Um, and Waller gets, gets a lot of red zone looks and everything. It's just, um, converting those into touchdowns is a must for me.
0: Yep. I agree. Waller's been a really solid, um, pickup this year after a guy who, some uh i heard a little bit of preseason hype about him but nobody was really claiming that he would be as good as he's been um they were just saying he was a high upside guy uh, but he was still kind of an unknown currently the number three tight end on the season in fantasy scoring in our league yeah um quickly going over your flexes you had james Conner in there he went out early with a shoulder injury uh, did see a report today that it doesn't appear to be anything serious. Um, sounds like more of a pain management type of thing. Uh, they said that him coming out of the game, his shoulder wasn't any worse uh, today than it was going into the game. So no more damage to it. Um, but it'd be interesting to keep tabs on him going forward. And then you already mentioned uh, Marlon Mack, big game, uh, and then left with his broken hand. He's going to be out, it sounds like at least a couple weeks. weeks. Um, doesn't sound like a season-ending type of thing, but never know how that goes. Uh, yeah,
1: that uh, that scares me because man, I got James Conner, who's all, always seemed to bang, be banged up. He's he's nursing that shoulder all year long. Marlon Mack now is definitely going to be out at least a couple weeks with a broken hand. Devonte Freeman's on my bench with a sprained foot that's going to be out a couple weeks. And like I mentioned, George Kittle being out the last few weeks. Um, I am worried because this is the the last week of the regular season, and then we that it's big boy time, then it's playoff time, and the last thing I want to do is get last in our league. The toilet bowl, you know, half our league is about not getting last, and um with with those three guys being out probably for the first, I mean, at least Marlon Mack and Devontae Freeman will be out probably the first round of the playoffs. Um, I am worried for sure. Um, it was nice to see what Marlon can do when his offensive line is clicking, but it just, man, it might be, who knows? I don't know. It's going to be hard to see when he comes back three, if it's two to three to four weeks. Um, yeah, it's not going to be great for me.
0: Yep. It will definitely be something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, so yep sounds like you're in agreement Connor's gonna edge this one out with Eckler going tonight um, dropping you to three and eight and Connor moving to five and six but crazier things have happened. Uh, moving on to the next matchup which is a final and that is the Savage Patch kids uh, scoring 199 points against the LeBron Kings who didn't score anywhere near that amount uh, <laughs> coming in at 121.8 um just looking down their lineups I mean TC is a guy that everybody thought coming into the year was in line to be the highest scorer uh things haven't worked out that way but he got a big game from his team uh who do you like on that was in TC's lineup this week
1: you oh, I mean who who is there not to like is kind of the question man like It it just his his Saints team, especially against Tampa Bay. You know their defense has been up and down. They've looked good at times, but their pass defense has not been good. Their rush defense has been good, but you know Alvin Kamara is also a receiver in that backfield as well. So Alvin, okay, he had a decent game. Drew Brees had a decent game. Michael Thomas just makes makes these dudes look like little kids out there. Michael Thomas, uh, in my opinion, is the best receiver in the league. He, every week he just comes up with just stupid plays that just blow my mind. And then obviously Christian McCaffrey. Like, I mean, you're never going to, that dude's going to score 25 almost every week. like He's just getting so much work and plus the talent behind him. Um, I think TC is pretty set. I think he's pretty confident going into the playoffs. Um, The one surprise in his lineup, obviously, was his, uh, Fill in tight end with Ross Dwelly scoring two touchdowns on four catches. Um, yeah, don't expect that to happen every week, and especially once Kittle comes back. He's going to have to find a replacement. Um, but that, and Michael Gallup, man. Michael Gallup looked looked like a stud yesterday, too. And I know um, Amari Cooper was shadowed by Darius Slay, so that helps. He's getting the number two corner every week which is solid for him but he's been putting up numbers and then you mentioned dj Moore before he's definitely the the number one there in carolina um but a good flex play with uh, carlos hyde as well he broke off a nice run for a touchdown um scary terry he's gonna be up and down um i'm not not quite sold on on him yet but um we'll kind of see where that goes but yeah uh, tc's team is, is is pretty strong and if i was him i'd be confident going into the playoffs
0: Yeah, I'll just reiterate some of your things Um, making that deal for Kyler Murray uh, going up against a really good defense this week in the 49ers still put up 28.7 fantasy points. His ceiling is looking really high these days, Mm -hmm. getting more comfortable in that offense, going to throw it a ton, going to run it when he needs to. So like the upside for Kyler Murray, don't need to talk about his running backs, Kamara and McCaffrey. They always get talked about Michael Thomas. Saw something today that he's on pace for like 150 receptions this year. Wow. Just would shatter the reception record. He currently has 93, um, and we're in week 11. So they played 10 games. So it's just insane the production he's been putting up. Um, DJ Moore has been coming on really strong over the last few weeks. Michael Gallup. Whenever Amari's banged up or he's getting the top coverage guys, Gallops right there to get those passes. Um, and he's been producing. Uh, TC with the tight end luck. Ross Dwelly, what a game for him. 14 yards receiving and two touchdowns. So <laughs> good, good pickup by TC to stream him this week. Carlos Hyde always seems to be good for about 60, 70 yards. Uh, did get that touchdown though. And then Terry McLaurin, his needle was pointing way up at the beginning of the year uh, with Case Keenum throwing him the ball. But it's been a completely different game for him since Dwayne Haskins has came over and t- or taken over the starting spot. And it just his needle seems to be pointing down. I still like the talent, but just, man, you got to have somebody throw it to you. Yep. Yep. So moving over to the LeBron Kings. Um Going with those AFC South quarterbacks, uh, Jacoby Brissett, 16 points. Nick Foles coming up with 19.8. Um, what are your thoughts on refs quarterbacks? And you can get into the running backs as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, you know, Russell Wilson, who I traded to him, was on a bye. So, you know, I, not expecting a ton. I will say, you know, fantasy-wise, Jacoby Brissett might not be the most solid option, but Jacoby looks good. Um, He looks like a good player. He, you know, he's mobile, can get out of the pocket, can score with his feet, can can throw the ball, has great accuracy, has a strong arm. I do like Brissett. Um, In terms of fantasy, though, He's, his ceiling just isn't quite as high as some of the others. They, the Colts seem to rely on that run game with having, you know, especially two running backs over a hundred yards this last week against Jacksonville. Um, Nick Foles, uh, I like Nick. Um, I just, I, I, again, I don't know where his ceiling, you know, is. I don't think it's as high as someone like Kyler Murray. Um, He can't give a whole lot with his legs. Um, Obviously, him and DJ Shark seem to have a a good rapport and and seem to like finding each other. But Nick Foles, again, is kind of one for me who um, is going to be steady but not fantastic. Um, And then going on to the running backs there, Nick Chubb, I I expect a little bit more out of that. He scored 9.2 points, but that's all in rushing yards. But Kareem Hunt has definitely taken a chunk out of his workload. Um, so that that that's something to be worried about. But Ruff is looking towards next year as well. So Nick Chubb, you know, Kareem Hunt's on a one-year deal. Nick Chubb is still on his second year. So he's going to be there. We don't know what if Kareem is going to be there. So I, I like it in terms of it's going to be a keeper for, for Ruff and, and see what he's got next year as well. But. Nick Chubb's a good runner. He's a good player as well. Um, Todd Gurley, he's look he's looked better. He's looked, looked better than than some people I thought have been saying. Um, he it's just really about the workload. You know they're still trying to manage his workload with that knee arthritic knee, but um, they give him the the ball usually around the goal line, and, and he seems to produce. So I, I'm okay with roughs uh, running backs. It's just. You know, putting it all together. I think the one running back that has fallen off for him is Sony Michelle. You know, you can't rely on him for
0: anything at this point, so. Ooh, I would have to disagree with you on the one running back that's fallen off. I would give that um, honor to David Johnson, who has been just a train wreck the last few weeks. Yep. Um, ever since they signed Kenyon Drake, I mean, and even before that, going back, he hasn't scored over 0.2 fantasy points since week six. Um, and that was week seven was the game that he had one carry for two yards. Then chase Edmonds came in and ran for three touchdowns and 130 yards. Uh, David Johnson missed the next two games against new Orleans and San Francisco came back against Tampa Bay last week, had five carries for two yards. Um, and a fumble, ended up with negative points. And then this week, did not have a touch in a game that he was supposedly 100% healthy for. No carries, um, didn't have a reception. So if, I'm, if I am Justin, I am extremely worried about David Johnson. However, he did get the handcuff, uh, Kenyon Drake there, and he's had him in his lineup. So at least getting some fantasy points out of that backfield but absolutely yeah
1: I guess I guess David Johnson for me is more of a little bit I'm just a little more puzzled about what's going on like you know him not being on the injury report I I just I don't know like I don't know if I believe it because like in the last few weeks you know he was banged up when Edmonds came in a couple weeks ago um obviously played terrible the week before and then didn't get a touch this week i I'm just a little puzzled by that I'm kind of in a wait and see mode but of course you're you're very concerned for sure
0: yeah and it's something that maybe they're looking towards the future I I heard some another podcast today talking about how David Johnson is looking he he'll make like almost 11 million dollars next year um and so maybe they're trying to cut bait on him seeing what they got so they can free up some cap space i don't know that's all just speculation um but let's get into Ruff's receivers real quick go through here deandre hopkins not a fantastic day seven catches 80 yards um i know Ruff expects more out of him but the the ravens kind of shut down the houston offense so yeah and they're bad day
1: There was that big call, you know, in the end zone. It should have been pass interference. It wasn't called. Uh, You expect Hopkins to go up and get one of those if he's not held. But Hopkins, you know, I feel like this year is kind of like my Julio. He's, you know, he's someone you think you can put in your lineup every week. He just hasn't. He hasn't lived up to what we have needed them to be.
0: Yep. And then rough throwing in Tyler Boyd in his lineup. Uh, One catch, zero yards. Um, I think he did have some rushing yardage in there ended up with 1.5 fantasy points. Not a lot of good things coming out of that Cincinnati offense. No. Uh, Jarvis Landry, um, has been doing pretty good. I traded him to rough a couple weeks ago for Mark Andrews and, uh, he scored two touchdowns since I traded him to rough. He's actually, look, Jarvis has had three touchdowns in the last three games. Um, so he's, he seems to be pointing up, um, that Browns whole Browns offense seems to be pointing up, um, but then we get into yeah, as you mentioned, Sony Michelle just not doing a lot this year at all. Um, don't know he just isn't involved in the passing game at all. With Rex Burkhead back healthy, James White taking all the receiving work. Not sure what Sony Michelle's going to be able to do other than maybe a risky flex play from week to week. Yep, I agree. But that is it for this matchup. Uh, Ruff will drop to 2-9. TC moved to 6-5, currently holding on to that fourth spot in the Flog playoffs. Uh, The next matchup here was what was considered the game of the week coming in, and that is the 8-2 Blount Force going up against the 8-2 Magic Skull Bus. Uh, Quentin is currently running away with this one, um, leading 173.6 to 111.2. Uh, Quentin has Harrison Butker, the kicker for Kansas City, going tonight. Keegan has Phillip Rivers and Hunter Henry. Uh, Do you think there's any way that uh, Phillip Rivers throws four touchdowns to Henry and Keegan pulls this one out? Nah, no chance. This game's over. (laughs) I have to agree with that. Um, Part of the reason that this game is over is because of what Blount's quarterbacks did. Oh, my gosh. Uh, He... Had 37.4 points from Lamar, who ended up with four passing touchdowns, a bunch of rushing yards. Uh, Josh Allen, three passing touchdowns, added a rushing touchdown, 36.8 fantasy points. Big, big days from his quarterbacks. And coming into this year, when he drafted these guys, we said, hey, these guys have both have really high ceilings, but they also have pretty low floors. Now, week 11 in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, his floor is not as low as we thought it was. Uh, he is no. putting up an MVP season. Uh, Josh Allen, though, has been a bit more um, volatile. What are your thoughts on Quentin's QBs here?
1: Yeah, man. And I'm going to, I got to call myself out. I, I was one of them. I kind of laughed at, at Bloom's quarterbacks coming in the year. And I, I do have to admit, I was not necessarily a believer in Lamar Jackson. And that dude comes out week after week and just makes me eat my words. And um, he's proven me wrong. I mean, I think he's proven a lot more, pretty much everybody wrong, you know, um, was not expecting this MVP type season, but it's neck and neck between him and Russell Wilson, who the MVP of this this league is um, this year. And Lamar Jackson is so fun to watch. He does it with his legs. He does it with his arm. Um, he's a funny guy. He's, he's fun to listen to his press conferences. Like he seems like he's down to earth and um, you can tell this locker room is 100% behind this guy and it's uh it's going to be scary.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lamar, I, I lived in Louisville when he uh, was there his junior year and won the Heisman. And so I saw a lot of his games and, Yeah, that dude is the things he can do with his legs are insane and then everybody gets so worried about his running ability that they leave receivers open and he's not as wildly inaccurate as people claim. He's just not the typical stand in the pocket make the big time throws. He moves around and lets his receivers get open in space and then he can drop it in on him. So I really like what Lamar's doing. I think he's going to win the MVP. Um, Just because I think his team's going to end up being better than the Seahawks. And so if the numbers are comparable, they'll look to that. And I mean, Lamar Jackson's going to shatter all the quarterback rushing records. And it's just, yeah, his passing has been insane. Yeah. Um, Moving on to Quentin's running backs. Leonard Fournette, not a huge day from him. Uh, Jags were down all day, weren't running the ball a lot. He did have quite a few catches. Um, ended up with 9.2 fantasy points on the day. Tevin Coleman has been kind of a sneaky pickup for Quentin. Um, he was injured earlier in the year, but not a big day from him. 7.7 fantasy points. Of course, the only big game he had when he had four touchdowns came against myself. Um, but what are your thoughts on Quentin's running backs there? Uh, Derek Henry on a bye this week. He's been really good. Um, so Quentin going with Tevin Coleman and Leonard Fournette.
1: Yeah, um, obviously Derek's my guy, um, being with the Titans. So I, I think he's as pretty much as steady as you can be. He's going to get his carries. Uh, I think the Titans' offense runs right through him. And if if they don't, they are not. They're not doing the right thing. They're not calling the right plays. Um, Leonard Fournette, you know, he gets the workload. That's half of fantasy is is, is do they get touches? Do they get carries? Do they get receptions and, and he's in there and passing downs, um, what, seven catches this week. It's just, um, you know, he's, he, again, he's just so up and down and you never know what you're going to get with him. You know, you're going to get the workload. He He just might not do anything with it is the problem. Um, But still, he he gets the workload. So you got to be relatively confident in him, at least going into the playoffs. It's just that whole Jags team, you just you don't know what you're going to get week to week. Um, And so that's that's the one thing that you got to worry about. Tevin Coleman, uh, I I, kind of thought he would get a little bit more um, this week than what he did. Uh, With
0: Brita being out, if I'm not mistaken, but... Yeah, Tevin Coleman did have 12 carries, but only managed 14 rushing yards. Oh,
1: man, yeah, that's that's obviously not ideal. It's not what you want there, but um, he gets the goal line work. So, I guess you're going to be okay with him as well. But, you know, Blount's team
0: is relying on his receivers, and he has some studs, so... That he does. Uh, I think he shared something with us earlier this week that he has three of the top five or six wide receivers. And then um, if you go to top 12, uh, he's got four with Julian Edelman Mm -hmm. sitting at 11. Uh, But this week, not getting a ton from his receivers. Mike Evans only 8.9. He had a zero against the Saints earlier in the year. So that's a little bit better line for him. Amari Cooper, uh, not doing a lot this week. Three catches, 38 yards. It's where that big game from um, Michael Gallup came. And then Julian Edelman does what he does. Five catches, 53 yards. Uh, did have a passing touchdown. Um, so got 13.4 fantasy points on the week. Um, yeah, Quentin's wide receivers, very talented. They've been producing all year. Uh, Tyler Lockett was on a bye this week. Zach Ertz. Um, This might be one of his best games of the year. He had nine catches for 94 yards. And just taking a quick look, this is his third highest scoring game on the year, which um, coming in, thought that 13.9 would be more of a weekly average, not one of his top three games. Um,
1: Yeah, and Ertz was kind of one of those guys that, you know, even Blount, being an Eagles fan, kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, That team runs through its tight ends, and not only Ertz, but Dallas Goddard. Um, That kid's talented as can be as well, so you know he's going to get some looks too, so that has definitely hurt Zach Ertz's fantasy season. Um, and, and it's kind of week-to-week week as well. It's hard to predict between those two because they're both getting red zone looks. Um, but Zachary is, is super talented. Um, he's kind of a guy that you, know, you feel like you could put in your lineup, especially with where the tight end position is at. Um, you feel like you put in your lineup pretty confidently each week. It's just, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of him in that Eagles offense. They've been a little hit and miss.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even... Zach Ertz, not super high-scoring year for him. He's still ranked sixth uh, at tight end position, so it's not like he's been bad by any means. It's just he hasn't had those big games or as many receiving touchdowns as he's had in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin going with Miles Sanders and his flex, a uh, bad matchup, but he was in somewhat of a bi-week hell, so had him in there, didn't trust any of his handcuffs, um, only got him 5.7 fantasy points, and then you hit on it earlier when talking about Julio Calvin Ridley had a big game, Monster game. Uh, had a yeah. touchdown and 8 catches for 143 yards uh, kind of an up and down season for Calvin Ridley as well um, just looking at his stats real quick, it seems like he either gets over 15 points or he gets less than 5, yeah. um, it's kind of been his season all year uh, but Quentin had him in his lineup and he, he produced for him. Yeah. I mean, um, I'll tell
1: you one thing with Quentin's lineup. It's, you know, it's a, it's a good problem to have, but he has tough choices almost every week at that flex spot on who to put in there because he has so many good players that it it, it is tough for him to, uh, to really narrow it down by matchup and different things like that. I think he's been rolling with miles Sanders a little more than I would, but Jordan Howard being out, Miles got did get some extra work. I'm just kind of interested to see how that backfield plays out with Jordan Howard getting healthier and them signing J.J. I, I'm just I'm not a huge believer in Miles Sanders in terms of massive fantasy output, but um, I do think he's a good player. I, I just think Blount will probably start to shy away from putting him in his lineup as much because of um, some of the other guys coming off by.
0: Yeah, the the Philly backfield, I kind of view them in the same light as the New England backfield where they have a lot of talented guys, but there's just so many people that could touch the ball and each week you don't know which guy's going to get the workload. And so it's just something that if you do have their players, uh, you just you always got that. Lingering thought in the back of your mind Like is he going to get two touches this week Because he fumbled on one of them and they're just not Going to they're going to give it to one of their other guys So I don't know I think Miles Sanders has been A lot more involved in the passing game though And that's what you like to see Uh, He has shown good burst Okay moving on over to the Magic School Bus Um, Keegan's team Not I mean one of the few Few down weeks for him he has had Some lower scoring games but This one was kind of a surprise. Uh, We'll speed this up a little bit here so we don't take two and a half hours to do this. Uh, Jameis Winston doing what he does, throwing for over 300 yards, couple touchdowns, and turning the ball over four times. Um, Still 16.7 fantasy points. That's not terrible, but um, if you don't throw four interceptions, that could be a lot higher. Uh, Phillip Rivers going tonight. what are your thoughts on those two QBs?
1: Yeah, Jameis, you know, I'm, I'm just, I just don't believe in him. He's going to throw the ball, he's going to turn the ball over multiple times a game every week. Um, I, I do think he has a massive arm, um, and I, I, I'm not going to say all of those interceptions were his fault because they certainly, certainly were not. But he, he just does not have the ball security for my liking. Um, Philip Rivers, eh, I just, I don't love him either. But again, it's fantasy. You can kind of get um, some points out of unexpected places. I, I think Phillip Rivers is on the down end of his career, obviously. I, I, it seems like he's lost a little bit of a step this year.
0: Yeah, and Philip Rivers, I mean, he's getting up there in age. I think he's 37, 38. Um, and that's really where you start to see the arm talent decline. Uh, and the guys that make it to play into their 40s are the ones that are able to change up their game. I mean, Drew Brees and Tom Brady both playing into their 40s and they they know that they can't make just start slinging the ball around everywhere. They have to be more accurate, hit the underneath stuff and they really changed up their game when their arm strength started to decline. Uh, be interesting to see if Philip Rivers is able to do that as well or if he's just gonna keep slinging it until he's cut. Um, but he is throwing to some talented guys. He is getting back uh, Hunter Henry coming back off of injury a couple weeks ago. Got Keenan Allen. Talked about Austin Eckler. Um, could be interesting to see what Philip Rivers does. But Keegan's quarterbacks are not looking super strong on this playoff push by him yeah and that that
1: offense for me man Mike Williams I think he I believe he had 10 touchdowns last year and I don't believe he has a single touchdown this year so that's a big red zone target that Phillip Rivers isn't getting any production out of so that is definitely hurting that offense as well but man I, I agree 100% that that offense just, it is a lot of slinging and uh you know the patriots are more quick underneath timing throws and i think that would benefit philip rivers a little bit more but i just don't see them making that change i think they're going to kind of ride with him until he's done and, and i do believe that they go after a quarterback next year or the year after
0: yeah and if they want to wait they have tyrod taylor backing him up um he's proven he can be an nfl starter um but enough about old man rivers there uh We'll go on to the running backs. Dalvin Cook, not a big running day for him. Only 26 yards rushing, had a touchdown, 14.2 fantasy points. Keegan still likes to see that. His running backs putting up an insane, uh, like, I don't know. It seems like every week his running backs combine for five touchdowns. Um, But he didn't get that this week because he had Brian Hill as his RB2 with Aaron Jones on a bye, who got him a whopping 30 rushing yards and added some receiving work only 4.3 fantasy points uh kind of disappointing there for a guy that was the top waiver at it
1: yeah definitely i was i was surprised by that as well um but brian hill definitely tweeted out um and then shared his thoughts on fantasy owners that he basically doesn't give a shit about what you guys think so um yeah i don't know that's he's probably out of the lineup and maybe dropped from the rosters at this point um I don't know. Once Freeman comes back, obviously that's going to be his his backfield. But uh, I'm not sure if Brian Hill's a guy that you can you can trust uh, for another week.
0: Yeah, and I mean this was a game where they were leading the entire time. The Falcons won 29 to three. If he was going to do anything in fantasy, it was going to be this week. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I feel Keegan's pain. I spent my top waiver claim on Ty Johnson, who did about the same thing in his first start, four points or something. And then I dropped him. I was like, screw this, not holding on to this guy. Uh, but Keegan's lineup really starting to look good at the wide receiver spot uh, with Devante Adams out on a bye this week. He had Chris Godwin, Corton Sutland and OBJ. Uh, Chris Godwin not a ton there 47 yards on three catches Had a receiving touchdown Been pretty solid all year uh, Cortland Sutton had a pretty good game Five catches 113 yards 16.2 fantasy points He was doing some end-around stuff he, I think he threw a pass too uh, It was interesting to see what they were doing With Cortland Sutton there in Denver And then OBJ Again the the Browns Number two receiver um, pretty yeah. much every statistical category uh, number two in targets I mean Jarvis Landry as good as OBJ is Jarvis Landry seems to be the number one in that offense
1: yeah definitely and I don't know if that's just because Baker played with Jarvis last year and has a little bit more comfort I know they talked about they wanted to start to try to force feed Odell Beckham a little bit more um, I, I'm extremely interested to see how Odell performs against this Miami trash defense next week yeah um, And then he's got Cincinnati week 14, so he has some great matchups to break out. Um, I'm just interested to see what they do with it. You just never know with the Browns and how Baker's going to play from week to week.
0: Yeah, the Browns offense seems to be getting a little bit better. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is the 23rd ranked wide receiver on the year. Uh, Not a lot of people saw that coming. Um, Keegan's tight end is going tonight. Hunter Henry has been pretty solid the last few weeks. And then his flex spots, Uh, Christian Kirk and Duke Johnson, not doing a whole lot for him. 7.2 for Kirk, 5.4 for Duke Johnson. Um, Flex might be an issue for Keegan moving into the playoffs. Um, Did have Golden Tate on a bye, Aaron Jones on a bye, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen still out. Um, But if he loses another guy to injury or Thielen takes a little bit longer than expected, his flex spot could be a weakness.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, once he gets Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, like you said, once they're back healthy and and start going, you know, if I'm Keegan, I'm I'm as cool as can be. I have no worries. But until you see Thielen come back, because, you know, that hamstring injury must have been pretty serious. You know, they've been rolling him out pretty early in the weeks. Um, you know, I um, think Golden Tate's been steady. Uh, you know, I think Matt Breida is a guy that you can slide in there if you need him. Um so I think once his roster gets healthy, I, I, I think he'll be fine. It's just, but yeah, it, it is kind of a tough spot with some injuries and some buys right now.
0: Yep. So that'll do it for this matchup. Uh, Quentin is going to move to nine and two. Magic Skullbus and Keegan dropped to eight and three. Keegan or um, Quentin having a death grip on that number one seed in the playoffs. It looks like. Yep. Uh, even if he loses next week and Keegan wins. Quentin's outscoring everybody by a lot this year. Don't expect that to change. So looks like Blount will get the number one seed. Keegan will get the number two. And then see where it goes from there. So on to the last matchup. And this is the only one that is still somewhat undecided going into tonight. Um, And that is myself, Juju's in the Attic at 6-4 and against the Terry's Terrorists at 4-6. and Uh, Both of us still have three guys yet to play um i am currently sitting at 118 point or yeah 118.1 and marcus is sitting at 129.3 so he's got about an 11 point lead on me um but i'm projected to hit 171 and he's only projected to hit 158 so uh how do you see this just looking at the lineups real quick and the guys we have to go tonight um who do you think gets the win here
1: yeah, um, I'm definitely leaning towards you. Yes, that big three is, is uh, a scary sight to play against. You know, Patrick Mahomes can, can go for four to five touchdowns on a weekly basis. And if he does that, you know, reek or Travis Kelsey are most likely going to be on the receiving end of that. And And Pat Mahomes does like to spread it around a little bit. But, you know, even if Damian Williams gets catch out of the backfield, you know, you're going to get points for Mahomes while he gets points for Damian Williams. So I think your worst nightmare is a Damian Williams three rushing touchdown performance, which is very, very unlikely to happen. Um, I did see he's questionable, but is expected to play. So Marcus is going to be hoping and praying Damian Williams gets a lot of work, specifically in the rushing side of things. Maybe they get it down at the goal line and Damian Williams just pounds it in there a couple times. But I just I just don't see that happening. Chiefs defense, you know, I think they could get a few turnovers, but I just don't think it's going to be enough to get over what Travis Tyreek and Pat Mahomes give you tonight. I just I kind of see this one almost as being over as well just because of those that big three right there.
0: Yep, and I'm I'm really excited to see how my lineup's going to do. With I've I've held on to Tyreek and Travis Kelsey for the last two years now, and they've always been great for me. Uh, but getting that stack with Patrick Mahomes might be what takes my team over the top. Um, it'll be interesting to see going into playoff time. Um, just moving through the lineups real quick. Uh, start with Marcus had matt ryan and dak prescott at his qb spots dak prescott has been quietly one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl
1: pay that man dallas what are you doing jerry jones i just don't get it he has performed so well and again i wasn't really a huge believer in dak but my word, that kid has just been playing out of his mind. I'm not sure why he hasn't signed a contract quite yet. It's really mind-boggling. If I was Jerry Jones, I would have set that contract down probably after week week three or week four and said, all right, all right, buddy, you got it. Let's, uh, let's get you locked up for the next few years, and, and we'll keep this thing rolling because he, he's been playing awesome.
0: Yep, and every time he puts up a game like he did this week, 444 yards passing, three touchdowns, um, it's just going to add a couple more million dollars and guaranteed money on that contract. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan throwing for 311 yards a touchdown. Um, didn't need to throw it a ton because the Falcons were dominating in this game against the Panthers. Uh, Joe Mixon, kind of a, a guy who was considered probably the biggest fantasy bust this year. Uh, putting together two back-to-back nice weeks here. Um, yeah. What are your th- three back-to-back? He's the last three weeks, he's scored over 15 fantasy points. So, um, kind of coming out of a shell a little bit here late in the year.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough one, and I do feel bad for Marcus and having to make this decision of is he a guy that's worth a keeper? I mean looking at Marcus's roster I would assume you gotta kind of just go out on a limb and keep him because he's young um you know AJ Green has been gone from that offense all year long and and AJ on the outside would definitely help take a little pressure because you know Joe Mixon seeing that those those loaded boxes all year long um Joe Mixon's a guy it's just man Gio Bernard's always getting some work as well um that Cincinnati team, you really just can't rely on a single person on that whole squad, and and it's it's tough to watch at times. But um, I do think Joe Mixon is still a, a guy that you would probably consider keeping going into the next year, and just hope they get another get a quarterback that can actually um, take some pressure off that running back position and spread the ball out a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and they are. Their offensive line was already bad coming into the year, and then they lost their number one draft pick, mm-hmm. uh, the tackle that they took. They lost him before the season even started. Uh, I think they lost Billy Price, their center that they drafted a couple years back. He's out. I mean, so they their offensive line went from bad to terrible uh, real quick, and that doesn't help your offense. No. Um, his other running back, David Montgomery, uh, another guy that's kind of on that front fringe keeper-ish because he's a young running back who's getting a lot of touches but didn't do much this week 5.5 fantasy points uh Stefan Diggs his number one wide receiver uh he's been pretty good uh he had real slow start to the year but he's came on strong um the last couple months yeah
1: and, and again this is kind of the story of the year you know Diggs has a terrible game and a few terrible games back to back and then and, and Marcus loses loses faith in him. So he rides the bench and that's when he goes off. When he puts him on the bench, Diggs is going off. Um, it was nice to see that he, he kept him in the lineup this week. Um, Diggs put performed well and especially without Thielen. Um, it's just kinda interesting to see how that offense looks once Thielen comes back because there's so many mouths to feed. You know, Dalvin's gonna get his Thielen is, is probably Kirk's um, number one target. And then there's Diggs who is a little more athletic Kind of takes the top off a little bit more But um, yeah It's nice to see Diggs um, Starting to heat up a little bit more as the year goes on Because he is a fun player to watch
0: Yep Um, Keenan Allen going tonight Uh, These next two guys On Marcus's team I gotta lump them in together Because he's gotta start both of them That's Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. The two wide receivers for Detroit Um, He had Earlier in the year, he was trying to guess and pick which one to start, uh, but after realizing that you need to have both of them in there, because either any week, either one of them could go off and the other one could be a dud. Yeah, um,
1: that's just so hard to call. I mean, I, I think he's playing it the right way and putting both of them in there. It just it sucks, you know that because. One's gonna do well and the other isn't. Um, it, it is very rare that both of them have big, big games, but that's the way you have to play it. Marvin Jones kind of been a touchdown machine, but Kenny, Kenny Galladay is kind of that younger. He's a bigger target, um, and so it, it it has been it's been a rough year for Marcus. And um, I think Kenny Galladay is probably more of a guy that you look at keeping. But I mean, both of them are ranked in the top 15 in their position, so. Um. Yeah, I think he's just making the smart move by rolling them both out there. Just uh, his roster kind of is a little tough right now. It's kind of it's not all that exciting.
0: Yep. Yep. And yeah, Kenny Galladay is the seventh uh, wide fantasy wide receiver on the year, and Marvin Jones Jr. is the thirteenth. And I mean, both both of those rankings are must start every week in your lineup man so it just one of them's going to have a down week and the other one's going to explode and is the combination of those two points going to even out to a good number yeah and let alone
1: Um, the the matt stafford injury really doesn't help the situation because stafford's a gunslinger and you know he's throwing the ball down the field but with jeff driscoll you're just not nearly as encouraged about what those receivers um, have the potential to do but obviously marvin jones with two touchdowns this week was uh was pretty solid
0: Yep, and they're guys that you can throw the ball up to and they can go get it. So, um, But definitely lowering their fantasy outlook uh, as long as Matt Stafford is sidelined. Um, Marcus, rolling with the old man pretty much all season, Jason Witten at his tight end spot. Uh, he gave up on O.J. Howard pretty early in the year. Don't blame him for that. Uh, Jason Witten, five catches, 33 yards. Um, nothing spectacular, but decent enough to get you fantasy points every week Uh, I think Jason Witten is he is the 14th ranked tight end on the year uh, which isn't great but not a lot of tight ends are great this year yeah and then not exciting
1: but um yeah Witten's gonna gonna kind of do what he does but yeah that offense is going going other places rather than
0: Jason Witten Yep. And then Damian Williams going for him tonight, a uh, guy who's really taken over that number one spot again in the Kansas City backfield after there was some uncertainty with McCoy uh, taking a lot of carries away. But seems like Kansas City is ready to give the ball to Damian Williams and bench McCoy. OK, real quick, going over to my side. Um As I mentioned earlier, I am trailing by 11 points. I still have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey to go tonight. Uh, So I like my chances to come away with the victory. But if it's a defensive battle, Marcus will pull this one out. Um, And part of the reason that I'm even concerned about how much much those guys are going to score is because Deshaun Watson pooped the bed. 3.8 fantasy points for the guy who was the number two fantasy quarterback coming into the week. Uh, what are your thoughts on Deshaun's this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, I'm not all that worried about Deshaun. But this week, Baltimore's defense, I think, is one of the – I mean, I don't know if I want to call them underrated, but I think that's one of the best units in the NFL. And I don't think they get enough credit because, because of the Lamar Jackson show, obviously. Um, with the signing of Earl Thomas, trading for Marcus Peters, They did lose some linebackers this year, but, man, they have looked so good. But 41-7 to just for the Texans just isn't going to do it. Like, you know, the Texans, again, it's kind of this whole AFC South. They're all in that same group. They're just – you don't know what you're going to get from week to week. Um, I think Deshaun's probably the most, you know, solid on that offense that you can usually rely on. Um, But, again, they traded for – Laramie Tunsil to try to shore up that offensive line and it still seems like they just can't do anything they can't protect him Um, so I'm just I'm not worried about Deshaun all that much because of some of his matchups coming up are a little bit easier than Baltimore Um, but yeah that's that's obviously not something that you want to see no touchdowns one pick under 200 yards passing which Just not, not good. And I mean, he has Indy, New England, Denver, Tennessee. So really, that isn't all that easy coming up. But Tampa Bay at the end of the year. Um, So yeah, some tough matchups. So we'll we'll see what Deshaun um, has. You know, especially when when they're trying to they're tied for first in the AFC South, trying to make a playoff run. It's uh, it'll be interesting to watch how they respond to that 41 to seven beatdown.
0: Yep. And Bravens have been beating down a lot of guys. I'm not worried about Deshaun season long. Uh, this was a bad game. But um, the offensive line has been a lot better for him since they did add Tunsil. Uh He's not getting just sacked every single time like he was. This, was a, this game was a bad example. Bravens did get to him six times. Um, but... For the most part outside of those first two or three games of the year his offensive line has been pretty solid he just doesn't have the the weapons to throw to that a lot of quarterbacks do i mean he's got deandre hopkins and then outside of that it's duke johnson yeah i mean will, darren fells and will Fuller's Jordan always
1: kenny stills you know is hit and miss it's just it is yep. a tough kind of a tough offense
0: so, I mean, it's pretty much all on Deshaun's shoulders, and he, he's he been doing it, but, yep, he's got a tough schedule coming up. Um, what I really did like out of my lineup this week was Le'Veon Bell getting me 16.2 fantasy points, and Marky Mark Ingram getting me 22. Yeah. Uh, big game from those guys. Yeah,
1: Mark Ingram, I think, is one of the, and I don't really want to call it a surprise because he was kind of given the, the keys to that backfield, um, just... Being second fiddle in New or, or New Orleans um, the last few years behind Kamara, you, you saw the flashes. You know the kid was a solid player. And but man, since he's been the lead back in Baltimore, he is uh, he's turned some heads. And I think that was a great draft pick by you um, because I obviously passed over him
0: um, to get Devonte Freeman, which was a massive mistake on my part. Um, Yeah, but I mean, Devontae Freeman, Mark Ingram was, I mean, he's an older guy. He's going to be 29 this year, I think. Um, It was kind of a question about are the Ravens going to run the ball a whole lot? Are they going to have a backfield by committee? Um, Just looking at his game logs, Mark Ingram does not have a game with 20 carries. Uh, He's really limited in the passing game. His most receptions are four in a game. Uh, He only has two games this year with three or more receptions, so not a lot in the passing game. It's just been his touchdowns. He has eight rushing touchdowns and then added two receiving touchdowns this past week. Um, He's not a super high-volume guy. He's just been really, really uh, consistent and productive with the touches he does get, and he gets all of their goal line carries. Yep. they don't want Lamar diving into the offense or into the defensive line there on the one yard line. They're going to turn around, hand it to Mark Ingram, let all five nine or five ten of him just bowling ball his way in. Mm-hmm. So he's a stout boy. He's a big dude. So yep, and I mean they're they're keeping his workload manageable. Uh, they're not make they're not letting him break down. They're giving some of their other running back some touches, keep him fresh. And he's really shown that, yeah, he can uh, he can be a fantasy producer. I'm happy with that pickup. I think he his upside moving forward is a little bit lower because I don't know how much touchdown luck he's going to continue to get as the season moves on, but definitely happy with Mark Ingram. Um, another guy that I'm really happy with is DJ Chark. And concerns about Nick Foles coming back. Is he going to be the number one still? kind of put that to rest this week. Eight catches, hundred four yards, two receiving touchdowns, twenty six point four. Big big day for DJ Chark.
1: Yeah, um I might consider Chark the uh one of the biggest surprises of fantasy football this year. Um he's a he's a big dude. I mean he's really skinny but he's extremely tall. But he he came in and he took over the Jaguars receiving room and um that was kind of a surprise to me, and just the way the fools tend to find him all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I think Chark might be a guy that could kind of put you over the top in the playoffs. He's not someone that people really expect much out of, but um, yeah, you're pretty confident setting him in your lineup week after week.
0: Yeah, and he was a guy. I mean, drafted his rookie year was last year. Six um, three, ran a 40 blazing fast it was just kind of one of those raw receiver prospects you're not really sure how he's going to turn out in the NFL um took him a year but really come on strong this year he looks good catching the ball making a lot of contested catches has good focus good hands so I think he's going to be a solid receiver moving
1: forward and he also Um, doesn't have Blake Bortles throwing in the ball which helps
0: yep (laughs) he did have Gardner Minshew and they had a really good connection Mm -hmm. um Nick Foles, this was his first game back after Week One. Nick Foles has three passing touchdowns on the year, and all three of them are to DJ Shark. Yeah. So, like his uh, or his upside moving forward. Yeah, just Guy kinda, that kind
1: kind of sucks for you. You know, you had to replace Juju Smith in your starting lineup with DJ Shark, which doesn't sound great. But DJ Shark is the ninth ranked receiver in fantasy in our league, and Juju Smith is the thirty fourth ranked receiver. So that you took a bullet with Juju, but DJ Sharks there to kind of boost you back up, which is nice.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I mean, if you had Mason Rudolph throwing you the ball too, probably wouldn't be doing a lot. Yeah, for Um, sure.
1: And no AB on the other side and no Le'Veon Bell back there. There's a lot of things that are all coming to fruition for Juju. You know, he's still a young guy that I think a lot of people believe in. Um, But he's facing number one corners now. He's not. He doesn't have Antonio taking a lot of the pressure off on the other side, and that was my main concern coming into this year as well.
0: Yep, but Juju is 22 years old, um, still younger than Chark and all these other guys we're talking about, and he's also already got 8,000 or 6,000 receiving yards on his career, or something, something insane. It, he's the quickest player to that many quickest player to career receiving yards receptions touchdowns all these records he's shattering juju i think he's going to be good for a long time but this year in fantasy not a guy you really even can consider starting anymore i mean he's just going to be a bench warmer and then see what happens in the offseason um but another guy a guy that i did trade for earlier this year is cooper cup three catches 53 yards after throwing up a goose egg last week um Kind of concerning what's going on in L.A. there. Uh, not concerned necessarily long-term. I still think Cup is really good receiver, but seems like teams are focusing on him, and with Robert Woods being a late scratch due to personal reasons last night, um, just didn't – Cooper Cup didn't do a lot. Uh, I think they said Jared Goff only threw the ball like 17 or 18 times, so they were definitely focused on running it. Um, not what I like to see out of Cooper Cup, though. Only 6.8 fantasy points Yeah, I, uh,
1: I agree and, and and Cup has had the last couple of weeks um, Been pretty down on
0: That now, I'm, I'm, I'm in complete
1: agreement That Rams offense just looks like a shell of itself Of what it used to be And I don't know whether that's defenses changing it up And, and finding the formula To stop what Sean McVay Was cooking up um, But it, it is concerning If you
0: have uh, some Rams players Yep Um Definitely be interesting to see if they can get their offense figured out. Uh, Moving forward, that line has been a big downgrade from last year uh, when they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, Travis Kelsey goes for me tonight. Been solid all year. Finally starting to get some touchdowns. So see if that continues. Uh, And then my flexes. Um, Devin Singletary, he's pretty much going to be a flex play for me every week after taking over that lead role in the Bills' backfield. He had 15 carries for 75 yards, uh, added one catch for four yards. No touchdowns, but he is averaging, I don't even know, six or seven yards a carry this year. 6.1 yards per carry. So really like the explosiveness I've been seeing out of Devin Singletary. And then Mark Andrews. Um, I traded Jarvis Landry in a seventh-round pick for him. And everybody was kind of like, huh, scratching their heads. Why would you do that? Um, The reason being is that Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs go on a bye next week. And I really needed somebody I could plug in at my tight end. And I also wanted a guy who I could throw in the flex. And threw him in my flex this week. And he had four catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Mark Andrews has been a pretty big surprise as well this year. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Yeah, and that's a good... uh you know future outlook on your part in terms of
0: knowing that the
1: last uh season last game of the season that the Chiefs are going to be on by and you're going to need to fill in and you know um at one point it looked like the last game of the season might be a must win for you um that's still exactly still up for grabs but yeah Mark Andrews man um Lamar likes him. Uh, Lamar looks for him a lot. He's a big target. Uh, tends to get a lot of looks in the red zone. So, yeah, I think it was a good move on your part. Yeah, Jarvis has been heating up too in the seventh-round pick. But, uh, yeah, he's going to fill a need for you next week especially.
0: Yep, and, yeah, that was the reasoning is if, if all hell breaks loose and I am in a must-win situation week 12, I don't want to be streaming Ross Dwelly or some other unknown tight end uh, when I can get somebody that's a viable play like Mark Andrews. And so that was the reasoning behind that. But yeah, that will do it for the review. Uh, currently, as I said, Marcus leading by 11. Uh, Jake and I both expect um, me to pull this one out as long as this doesn't turn into a defensive battle or Damian Williams scores three touchdowns, um, which if this. If I were to win this game, Marcus would drop to four and seven and be eliminated from the playoffs. Um, and I would move to seven and four. Uh, I'm not quite yet ready to call it weird things happen. Um, Tyreke, Travis, Kelsey, one of them could get shut out. Uh, they both had down games. So I, I'm still going to give myself the edge, but I think this is going to be a close matchup coming down to the end. Yeah, I agree. Um, So, with that, that will conclude our Week 11 wrap-up. Any last words for the listeners out there, Jake? Uh, I
1: mean, for me, I'm just, you know, getting ready for the losers bracket. I want to say congrats to those who have uh, locked up a playoff spot. Must be nice. Um, Doesn't feel nice being down here in the losers bracket. Uh, The next few weeks are going to start getting real intense. May the odds forever be in your favor, but I just you know I think it's gonna it's gonna get juicy um, quickly. So I, think, I hope everyone you know makes the right decisions, makes the right calls on their rosters. Uh, I, I do expect the LeBron Kings to be a two year in a row toilet bowl, but so many things are still up for grabs that um, there's no there's no predicting what the season the rest of the season's gonna bring.
0: Yep, and I mean, right now, Quentin appears to be the clear-cut favorite to win it all. But if he gets a couple down weeks um, there in the playoffs, it can all all go away real quick. So it'll be interesting to see how everything works out. Uh, Thank you for joining me, Jake. Um, With me filling in for Justin over the next couple weeks, may try to get you back on to do um, some more analysis with me, go over some things. I appreciate you coming on today, though. Thank you so much for being here. Yep. Thanks for having me, Mr. Kamish. And with that, we will end this. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. I will be back on Wednesday with the waiver wire recap and then my Commissioner's Corner TC on TC Thursday on Thursday, obviously. Uh, so stay tuned, listen in. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Flogcast Network.